Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Well, hey there, friend. Welcome back to the Your Hair Mentor podcast, where I'm your host and hair mentor, Crystal Green. Have you ever brought a inspiration photo to the hair salon or for getting your makeup done for a wedding or maybe even getting your nails done? And you might have even used inspiration photos to help decorate your room. And although these are very useful, wonderful tools to have in our modern society, they can also cause huge problems with um, expectations that you might have as a client or uh, expectations you're trying to meet as the service provider. And so what I would like to do for you today is talk about some of the do's and don'ts when it comes to the inspiration photos and then how to specifically dissect inspiration photos that have to do with hair because that's obviously my specialty and what I can talk about the most. I'm not an interior designer nor am I a nail artist, but some of the things I'm going to talk about you can apply to those other service industries as well. And I know this because of a great conversation I had with a local makeup artist this last week, and her and I struggled with the same things uh, when it comes to the inspiration photo. And so I helped her kind of troubleshoot aspects or elements, as I like to call them, of the inspiration photo that she could then break down with future clients to try to figure out exactly what they're looking for. So um, with all of that, I'm going to introduce you to an idea that I've put together to help really break down the different elements of the inspiration photo. And basically, we're not going to leave anything up for guessing is what we're trying to do here. 
Because when we guess as service providers, most of the time, we're not going to guess correctly. We're not mind readers, right? We can't figure that stuff out on our own. So instead of guessing and hoping you get things right, hoping you get what your client wants, let's instead create a beautiful roadmap that you can follow that tells you exactly what your client wants out of each photo, what they like out of each photo. And then that opens a conversation for, is that doable for their hair? Do they, are they comfortable with that? Do you have the skills to get them there and all that stuff? But it all starts with figuring out even what they're seeing in that inspiration photo. So I'm going to do my best to do this without having to show you anything. And if you want to see more, I'm going to start posting videos on my social media with a follow-up free webinar in January that will have to do with this exactly where I'll show you like my step-by-step breakdown with photos, which are so much more useful, but we can get a lot done in a podcast here. So I'm going to give you everything I can that doesn't need a visual and it's quite a bit. So let's go ahead and jump in there. Okay, so before we even dive into the ins and outs of an individual inspiration photo, what I usually recommend for my clients when they come in is not just one inspiration photo, but like a handful. At least three is best. Honestly, if you bring me 10, that's even better. It's just data. But the reason I do that is because I want to see in all these photos that someone's going to pick for an inspiration, there's going to be elements of each one that they share. And you're as a client, you don't realize that you're picking up that like, oh, you just really love how the length sits on that one or how it's textured in that one or the finish of that one. But usually there's continuity somewhere in those photos. And so the more data, the better. And then you can use my system to break down all those different elements and recognize which one is the most common, which one your client's seeing and why they like it. So definitely start with at least three inspiration photos. And on that note, a fun little twist I like to add to this is with the inspiration photos, I also want to see like nightmare photos. I want to see like what would be worst case scenario for you. We all have different demons hiding in our brains of like what would be like the worst thing ever to happen to your hair, right? And I want to see that. I want to see an example of like, I want bangs, but I do not want these bangs. Or I want blonde, but I do not want this blonde, right? I want to see your nightmare hair so I know what I need to stray really, really far from. And it's also kind of fun to pick out that photo because everyone's kind of giggly about it. And they're like, this is kind of ridiculous, but like, I hate this. Perfect. I want to see it all. So get your inspiration photos, a couple of them with the like, I hate it photos. I mean, really one is fine, but if you have many, that's fine too. Again, it's just more data. So come, you know, loaded to the teeth with options is where I'm going to leave that. And so now when we get into individual inspiration photos, I like to break things down into threes because it's like a, it's a nice number. I like odd numbers more than even, and I feel like it's easier to remember rules of three. Okay. So three rules, three main elements. When you look at an inspiration photo that should jump out at you, there's the haircut, there's the color, and then there's the style of it, also known as the finish. What uh, techniques were used to style and finish that hair? And so each of those can be broken down into different categories as well, but start big. We've got cut, color, and style, okay? For example, you can have a photo where someone has a long haircut that is blonde, 
and it's styled with a curling iron so that it looks wavy. Okay, so the three elements there would be it's long, blonde, and wavy. But those three general categories don't tell the whole picture, do they? Because there's lots of different variations of long, blonde, and wavy. So instead, I like to break each of those elements down into three different subcategories to better hone in on exactly what we're looking at in that inspiration photo. So let's take the haircut, for example. So we established it's long, okay? Length is just the first of the three things that we're going to look at. We're gonna look at length, and then we're gonna look at the shape, and then we're gonna look at the movement. Okay, so with the length, we're talking about how long is that haircut? Like literally how long are those hairs on her head? We can also talk about where is it hitting on her body, right? Sometimes we use body parts like, does it cover your boobs? <laughs> or, you know, like at one point mermaid hair that covered your nipples was a thing. Or does it sit at your collarbone? Does it sit at your jawline, okay? Does it cover your bra strap in the back? There's all these different questions as a hairstylist we can ask to figure out what length exactly you like and why. And then another thing to think of with the length is what angle is that length at? For a very long haircut, that could look like a rounded bottom. It could look straight across on the bottom. It could even be in a bit of a, excuse me, a bit of a V shape. That's hard to say. Three times fast. Bit of a V shape, okay? So it could be straight across. It could be curved. It could be V shaped. That's just the length. Then we move on to the shape. Another way I describe this is the exterior of the haircut. What we're trying to figure out with the shape of the haircut is where is the weight of the haircut or the bulk of the haircut. Now, if you have a long haircut with no layers in it, it's going to have the bulk of the haircut at the bottom of your hair, okay? So that's where it's gonna look the heaviest and the fullest versus something like a shag haircut. You can have a long shag haircut, but with a shag, you typically get most of the shape, most of the bulk of the haircut up higher so that you create more volume around the head and kind of a rounded layered look. Does that make sense? So we're looking for where is the shape in the haircut? And then the last part of this is I call the movement or the interior of the haircut. And we're looking at how or where is their hair taken out for movement. That could be done with a multitude of different tools. It can be done in a, a lot or a little amount. And those are the little things that give your haircut kind of a signature or a very specific look. Where you put the movement is different for every face and every body and every desire. So we like to look specifically where the movement is in a haircut for you with your inspiration photo. Okay, so length, shape, movement. Boom. Now we're going to move on to color. Okay. Remember our inspiration photo that we talked about? She said it was blonde. Okay, we're gonna look at three different things to help describe that blonde. We're looking at tonality, we're looking at placement, and we're looking at level. So to go back to the first one, tonality. What the heck am I talking about when I say that? Specifically, I'm talking about where does it sit on the color temperature scale? Is it warm or is it cool? And if you don't know what warm or cool means, 
Most of us hairstylists have color swatches that we can pull out and we can literally show you a warm blonde versus a cool blonde. And then there's the ones in the middle, neutral blonde. So they're all going to have a tonality to them. And in your inspiration photo, there's going to be a tonality, excuse me, a tonality that um, we're going to hone in on in that photo. Okay. Now we're going to look at placement. What I mean by this is there's different zones in the head where there's going to be concentrations of color or a focus or emphasis put in that place. We're talking about the details of the placement of the colors. If we're talking about highlights, we're gonna be asking questions like, is there a concentration of highlights around the face, AKA a money piece, or is there a concentration or a focus on blonde on the ends like an ombre. We find out where those little signature pieces are and placement that give everything a very um, specific look for everybody. Okay, so placement specifically talks about where the colors are. And then the last one is level. And what I mean by this is on a scale of one to 10, most hair color is measured in levels. One being black, 10 being like a bright blonde. Sometimes they go up to an 11 or 12, but that's just extra in my opinion. 10 to 12 is always like a very light platinum blonde, okay? So within that inspiration photo, we're gonna figure out what levels of hair color are we seeing in the different zones of the color, like at the roots, is it a certain color versus at the ends, a certain color? And all of those colors, they have a numerical value. As a hairstylist, again, I have color swatches that I can show that to my clients. Like, hey, look, sis, this is like a level seven at the roots and it goes out to a 10 on the ends. Here's what this looks like in color swatches. Let's hold it up to your head. Is this what you're thinking? So we have these tools, which is fantastic, but level is very important, okay? So we covered haircut, we covered color, and now I'm gonna move on to the style. And what we're talking about with style is what is the finished look, right? Like what is the actual vibe and the look going on here? And so the three pieces of that are volume, pattern, and texture, and I'll explain. Volume, I feel like most of us are kind of like, duh, I get it. Basically, is there any volume? If so, where is it? Are we talking about like 80s hair where it was like the higher the hair, the closer to Jesus? Or are we talking about 90s hair where it was parted down the middle and flat on our heads and no volume whatsoever? Or kind of the like early 2000s Victoria's Secret blowout where there's like volume everywhere, okay? So we're gonna figure out where in that photo is their volume and do you like it? And then we're gonna move on to pattern. And what I mean by pattern is the actual pattern of the hairs. Are they curly? Are they wavy? Are they swavy? Are they straight? And anything in between. And if they are curly, is it a natural curl? If they are wavy, is it a natural wave? Or are they done with a curling iron or some other tool that we can replicate in the salon? So we're gonna hone in on the pattern. And then the last bit I call the texture. And what I'm talking about here is, is it actually sleek and smooth, whether it's in a wavy, swavy, or straight pattern, or is it roughed up with a bit of frizz to it? And that look where it's like tousled, thin rolling in the hay kind of look, 
where it's frizzy, there's a little bit of a halo-y frizz effect, that's a look and that's a texture versus the same waves done with a curling iron but left sleek and smooth, okay? So we're gonna figure out what value that texture has in the hair. And as we're going over these things, as a hairstylist, I'm gonna be taking notes of, in these inspiration photos, what my client likes in each of these photos and each of these categories, what they're attracted to. And what you'll find is if you have like five inspiration photos where you're trying to find the color, right? You're not five different inspiration photos where you got five different, totally different ideas. That doesn't count. But like, let's say you're like, I wanna be blonde. And so you bring in five different photos of blonde. It's my job to figure out within that blonde, is it the tonality that you like the best? Is it the placement that you like the best? Or is it the levels involved? Do you love that they all seem to have a level five kind of woven in there, which gives it a lot of depth and dimension? Does that make sense? So that's why having multiple photos is super, super helpful. But then being able to break down these photos into these subcategories so they actually have a value and a purpose versus just like the whole look. Like if I bring you an inspiration photo of like, hey, I think you look really good with this picture. And then you bring me one that's like, I really like this picture. We might see totally different things, even though like surface value, they're both blondes. I'm going to see like, oh, this one has a real pop of a money piece in the front. And then you didn't even notice the money piece, but you're looking at the level of the color. We might get wildly different things. Do you know what I'm saying? So this is why I think having like a very nice organized system is super, super critical. And I will go over more of this in my webinar, like I mentioned before, but using pictures and um, I'm creating a like worksheet to go along with this. And it's still in the works. I've got like a month left to do this. And um, I think it's going to be really beautiful. So very excited about that. So now that I've beaten this to death, um, let's move on to something I haven't done in a while, which is the product of the week. Now this week, I want to talk about detox masks. Have you heard of these? I know I covered hair treatments in a previous podcast, and this does fall in the treatment category, but it's not the same kind of treatment like I was talking about before. There's no like moisture or protein or anything like that trying to rebuild your hair, but it's still a treatment, it's just of a different color. Detox masks typically carry some sort of clay in them that like absorbs things, right? Um, specifically, I'm holding one in my hand here from Innersense Organic Beauty, which I do enjoy this mask. And it has kaolin clay, and it also has charcoal powder in it. Now, those two things are doing one particular job. They are getting in there and they are absorbing oils out of your hair and off your scalp. And so the main idea of any of these detox masks that carry any of these different absorbents is to get in and kind of like slough off any excess buildup that you have on your scalp. A quick Google search would lend you to the idea that our scalps are all suffocating because there's so many of these detox masks out there that are like, you know, help rid your hair of suffocating buildup and toxic silicones and all this jargon that makes it sound super scary like everyone needs this. Um, but they are very nice and um, let's talk about why. Okay, so when or why? Why would you reach for one of these first of all? So I think these are created as kind of a solution for the whole movement to not use shampoo. 
or you're using a super, super gentle shampoo that it's not getting in and actually cleansing everything out of your hair. I know I've talked about this before. I know it's not a popular opinion, but truly, truly, um, our scalps, the way that we live in our modern society, they're just, it's not conducive to never washing your hair unless you're never using product and you're never getting environmental damage on your hair or chemical or mechanical or any of that stuff. So um, anyway, on track, who are they for? If you are someone that uses a very low sudsing shampoo or like a co-wash or maybe you don't even wash your hair with shampoo at all and you do like the apple cider vinegar and the baking soda thing, you might find after a while that you will have a little bit of buildup. I hate the word buildup. You'll have a little bit of extra on your scalp and it never really has that like fluffy, clean feeling. Now, some of us love that. Some of us hate the feeling of like squeaky clean hair, but I think there's like a happy medium and that's exactly what this is going to do for you. So what you do is you put this on freshly cleansed hair, preferably. You can just put it on wet hair, but the problem here is if you had a lot of styling products on your hair previously, like you had gel in your hair, if you're a curly girl, or you had a bunch of oil in your hair, anything like that, um, it's just going to not allow these products to penetrate through as well. So freshly cleaned hair, freshly shampooed, washed hair is preferable. Wet hair, definitely. It helps this product slip. Anything that has clay in it is going to be very thick and not very slick. So it's not going to spread very easy in your hair. So you need that water in there to really be able to push it through and comb your hair. So you're going to put it on freshly washed hair and you're going to let it sit for whatever the given amount of time is on each product. Let me see what this one says here. Oh, I'm sorry. The first step with inner sense is take a deep breath and become centered. Okay, so we forgot that step. Now that we're centered and we have wet hair, um, work from roots to ends and then leave on for three to five minutes. Now, when I did this, I left it on for 15 minutes because I was out of the shower and I was doing stuff around the house and that's usually how I leave my masks on and it was completely fine too. But I think you probably need at least three to five minutes so that this thing can do its job, okay? And then it says rinse thoroughly and follow with a hair bath and conditioner. So this one in particular says you do shampoo it out. I would think every single one of them would need to be shampooed out to get the clay out of your hair because again, it's thick and it's heavy. So the intention of this is to strip out, slough off extra stuff on your hair and your scalp. So keep that in mind when you apply something like this. Traditionally with a regular hair treatment, I'm not slapping it on my scalp like ever right? I'm focusing more on the actual strands of hair on my head. Whereas this is kind of the opposite. It's really more for like a scalp detox than it is a hair detox. Although it will help your hair a little bit if you have some product buildup. Um, but you really want to make sure to get it on your scalp. So like actually smoosh it on your scalp and rub it around, almost like lather it in like you would a shampoo. That's what I did. And I found it to be the most effective and then let it sit for the time. Another thing you can do, and I recommend this with um, treatment conditioners as well, if you have a shower cap or like a disposable plastic cap, I know most of you probably don't have them if you're not a hairstylist, but um, those of you that are hairstylists are like, yes, I have a processing cap. Those work great because they're going to trap in moisture. And if you trap in moisture, it stays active. Once the clay in this product dries, it's done. There's nothing left to do. Okay, it just starts flaking off. 
So keep it moist if you're going to let it sit for like 15 minutes. This is what I did with mine. You could also wrap it in a towel. If you have like a small microfiber towel you can pin your hair up with, that would work as well. And then when you are using it, how much should you use? Um, so when I did this, I should have taken a picture of the amount that I ended up squeezing in my hands. This bottle is four ounces, and I think I used a quarter of the bottle. Whereas most treatment conditioners, they kind of spread and you get like quite a few uses out of the containers. I feel like this is very thick. It does not spread very easy and you want to get it everywhere. So I used a ton of this product. Now, how did I like it? Okay, so I don't prefer my hair to be squeaky clean. I never have. I am dry hair, dry scalp, dry skin girl, and I live in the desert now. So I'm like worst case scenario with that. And so freshly cleaned squeaky hair is like my nemesis because that just makes it feel tight and uncomfortable. Now, when I use this, my scalp did feel very clean very refreshed, but it didn't have that overly tight, freshly cleaned shampooed feeling that I get when I use like a clarifying shampoo or even a sulfate based shampoo. So in my opinion, it's not as harsh as something like that uh, for those of us that get like dry, tight scalps out there, but it did feel very refreshed and like um, clean, I guess. So use a lot of it, let it sit, uh, feels great. Love the outcome. And then the next thing I'm going to cover is how often should you use something like this? And I really think that depends on a lot of things. So this time of year, it's December when I'm recording this, December 22 right now, and it's cold and it's dry. And my scalp has been more well, not just my scalp. Oh my God. My fingers are cracking. Like you guys, I, I keep super glue in my like drawer in the kitchen because I periodically have cracks that show up in the winter. And this is kind of embarrassing on my toes, like my big toe. I have this huge crack. My kids make fun of me all the time for my big ass crack on my toe. I don't have an ass crack on my toe. You know what I meant? And then I get cracks on my fingers because it's so dry and my hands are like you know, a a devoid of any moisture. It's horrible. And I slather on lotion like nobody's business. And so my hair and my scalp is similar. So wintertime things are dry and cold. And so I'm actually going to use this again. It's been three weeks since I used it last time. And I've washed my hair a handful of times, maybe not a handful, maybe four times, let's be honest. Um, and it felt great. So I'm going to use it again. And I feel like because I am using something like this, I can kind of slather on more of my heavy to mid weight hydrating products in my hair that I need in the winter time. Uh, even if I didn't have a detox protocol would build up. Does that make sense? So normally in the wintertime, I'm using more of my oils. I am using silicones. I know I am the devil for saying that, but I love a good silicone product. Um, and then I use my hydrating shampoos and my moisturizing masks. And those things need to be kind of like removed after a few times. And I would usually reach for a clarifying shampoo to do so, but I'm going to use this instead. So that being said, I'm probably going to use it once every three weeks. So that's probably once every six or seven shampoos. And I think that's totally normal. Another thing I will say, I have a lot of blonde in my hair right now, and I have a toner on my blonde. This did not strip my toner where I've noticed there are some 
um, clarifying shampoos out there, they tend to have a slightly elevated pH and elevated pHs can pull hair color out of your hair a little easier. And I have noticed that on myself in the past that it will pull my toner out a little too quickly when I use a clarifying shampoo. And so the detox mask is a great alternative to deeply cleansing your scalp without stripping your toner big fan of that. So if you have reds that fade or you're a light pale blonde with a toner that fades really bad, this might be a better alternative if you're looking for something as like a deep cleanser once in a while. So give it a try. I'm obviously partial to the InnerSense one. Um, just, I like a lot of their products, but there's a lot out there. I did a quick Google search and there's like tons. Just type in detox hair mask and you'll find it. I will put in the show notes, this one as well, a link to it. If you're curious and you want to check it out, it'll be there for you. So I hope that was informative. And I have one more thing I would like to introduce to you with my podcast. Um, I've had an opportunity to meet lots of different stylists in my community and online as well. And I thought a really nice way to help everybody out would be to start showcasing individual stylists on here. And so um, I went ahead and contacted a friend of mine that I used to work with who just opened a brand new salon of hers. I'm super proud of her. And I will introduce her in just a second, but hear me out here. Clients that are listening, they wanna know how to find a new hairstylist and where to look, right? It's almost impossible these days. When you try to look on social media, someone might have an amazing social media page and then be a total flop in the salon and vice versa. And so I'd like to try to do my part to introduce stylists that are doing a great job, that are good artists, and they're really trying to please their, their clients and then, you know, help clients out by showing them these stylists. And so I feel like it's kind of a win-win with everybody. So without further ado, let me tell you about Brittany. My friend Brittany lives in Dripping Springs, Texas. And if you are unfamiliar with where that is, it is like Southeast or west. Shoot. It's south of Austin. And I visited that area when I lived in Austin quite a few times. Very, very cute little town. And she just opened a new salon and it's called the Royal Bee House of Style. Love it so much. Her social media handle has been the Royal Bee hairstylist for a long, long time. And so it's just fitting that she opened up the Royal Bee House of Style. Super cute. And so if you'd like to find her on social media to check out her stuff, check out the Royal Bee Hairstylist or the Royal Bee House of Style. And I will have um, her name in the podcast notes here so you can just click on it as well. And so I asked her, I said, Brittany, how long have you been in business, both you personally and your current salon space? This is a Google form that I made for stylists to fill out. So that was one of my questions. And so she said she's been licensed to style hair for 16 years and she started her journey in high school. So she's been a lifer with this and her salon's about to open any day now. By the way, it is open now and super cute. And so what products does she use in her salon and why? And her answer is um, she likes to use products that are natural or environmentally friendly. She uses things like New Wash by Hair Story and Loma to wash and condition. And then Amika, Leaf and Flower, and Eleven styling products. She says, I like a little bit of everything. And there isn't a full line of products I completely love. God, isn't that the truth? Amen, sister. I love to pick and choose from everything. And then um, what are the three main areas of focus in your salon? And she says, 
We are the house of style. So bringing you your personal style is one of our missions. We also want to be a place for the community to come for all their hair care needs. Sustainability is also important to us. We are joining Green Cycle Salons. They're a recycling program for hair salons. And if any of you have heard of Green Cycle before, they're awesome. I looked into them for my salon suite that I had, and I just literally didn't have the space to house the bins. And so I didn't do it, but it's a fantastic program. Makes you feel a whole lot better working in the beauty industry, knowing that you're not just like piling up trash places. Okay. So then I asked her, what is your specialty as a stylist? And she says she would say that cutting and styling are her specialty and her blowouts are legendary. And I'm going to second that one. If you've never had a Britney blowout, you need to get your booty over to Dripping Springs to her salon right now and get one. Um, she said, I think the longest one of my blowouts lasted was six days. According to my clients, I do love creating lived in effortless color, but yes, Brittany, your blowouts are amazing. I can attest to that personally. And she says that both her and her stylists that work for her are accepting new clients, you guys. So if you're in Austin, Dripping Springs area, go to the house of style And I asked her if a new client wanted to book with you, how would you suggest they do that? And she said that they can book through the website, which I'm assuming is um, Royal House of B. Am I saying that? The Royal B House of Style, excuse me, dot com. And then um, let's see, what else did I ask here? Oh, and they're all booth renters in the salon. So they're independent stylists, which is nice. And then, oh, I said, who is your ideal client? So she says... My ideal client is one that has confidence in my work. I know that sounds ego-driven, but it makes a huge difference. If you have zero confidence, I will create the best style for you, then it won't happen. Your attitude about yourself and my ability are everything. I love that. It's so true, though, and I do feel like I know this from Brittany, but she does instill confidence in her clients just in the way that she presents herself. And part of her whole shtick is that she herself is this confident stylist. And so it's a it's a beautiful thing when you see someone that really believes in what they're doing. It makes people feel so good. Okay. And she says, um, when you walk into the house of style, you feel luxurious. I want you to feel like a movie star. And Another thing about um, Brittany, she kind of has a history of traveling down to Hollywood to work on film projects, and she's worked in various salons down there before, and just she herself is kind of this vintage Hollywood glam, so I love that she mentioned that in here, and I would say that definitely fits her particular style with her like big, sexy blowouts. And then uh, I love to give like a hot seat question. And so I asked her, what's the most embarrassing moment you've ever had in your career? She says, I think the most embarrassing moment I had was probably when I did another stylist client and we both didn't know it until the service was almost over. My fellow stylist and I both had new clients coming in. I asked the woman when she came in, are you here to see Brittany? Her name was Brittany and thought I'd asked her her name. It all worked out well because my client never showed. That's hilarious. So client named Brittany walks in. Brittany, the stylist, thought she had asked her, are you here to see Brittany? The story goes on. That's really cute. I love it. And then um, I asked her some memorable moments she had as a stylist. And she said, I think... I feel like anytime I fix a really bad color or bring someone's hair back to life, 
always sticks in my mind. Sometimes the most simple things can fix someone's hair and their reaction to feeling like them again is priceless. God, that's so true. That fulfills that kind of like altruistic need that we have as stylists to just make people feel good. So I, Brittany, thank you for filling out this questionnaire. Um, For any of you that are interested in checking out Brittany's online stuff or her salon, I will have the details posted in the show notes here. And if you're interested in being spotlighted as a stylist, please reach out to me at yourhairmentor at gmail.com and I will send you the form to fill out. Um, I think it's a wonderful thing to just support other stylists and maybe help clients find someone that they can call their forever stylist too. So thank you so much for listening, you guys. It's been wonderful here. I hope you have a wonderful hair day and I will see you next time. Okay, bye. Hey friend, Crystal here, and I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind the chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.